This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Today, it's just me. Frankie is still over in Europe enjoying his vacation. And today we're going to be talking about something that is near and dear to all of our hearts and definitely impacts the way many of us play the game. We're going to be talking about the ITC update for 8th edition Warhammer 40,000. Now, the first thing I do want to say is that this is a working draft. This is not a final document. Um, I've been busting the butt all week to get this ready to go because there's a lot of people out there that run ITC events this weekend and they need answers to questions now. They can't wait. So I was up until 1.30 in the morning last night trying to get it done. Feel pretty confident about it. Feel, feel pretty good about it. Uh, Captain Morgan from Forge Narrative is right there. He's in the document right now editing it to make sure I didn't make any typos. But um, this is going to be a great starting point for all of you out there that are running ITC events. And you need some answers to questions as to how to do uh, X or Y, how to interpret a certain thing. Uh, we want to give you all that documentation so that you can go out there and focus on having a fun event as opposed to trying to figure out uh, what X or Y may, may mean. So we're going to jump in there and go over that together. But before we do, uh, make sure to grab your tickets for the SoCal Open. Ever since 8th edition dropped, the event has absolutely gone bananas. Well into triple digit attendance. The 40K champs alone is, is well into triple digits by itself. We are starting to run a little bit low on space now. So if you want to grab a ticket to that event, it's October 21st and 22nd here in lovely San Diego, California. Please grab your ticket sooner than later as the event will fill up. Uh, it's going to be an absolute blast. I can't wait to see everybody there. Also, the industrial ITC terrain set is now up for pre-order. That will begin shipping at the end of next week on June 30th. And the industrial FLG mat is also available. This is one of the coolest terrain sets we've ever made. I'm really excited to finally be able to show this to you all to release it. You've been seeing it on our live games of 40K. We've been playing every night the past two weeks at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it's gotten really, really positive reviews because it looks awesome. So make sure to jump in there and grab some of those sets. Again, the bundle deals are at a discount anywhere from 20-25% off in most cases. And as always, if your order is over $99 here at Frontline Gaming, it ships for free. So if you wanted to pick up some other goodies, such as some other FLG mats, Games Workshop product, whatever the case may be, you can get it shipped for free within the continental United States of America. So let's jump in and talk about the ITC 8th edition update. And if you are looking at the show notes, you can click on the link that corresponds to what I just talked about. And we'll walk through the updates, why we made the decisions that we did, what is still um, not 100% set in stone, and uh, what is available for, for debate and discussion. So first of all, you will see that right there in bold and red, it does say that this is a working draft of the 8th edition 2017 Warhammer 40k ITC format. 
I really want to emphasize that because I guarantee people are going to read something and then go, ah, lose their minds about uh, this, that, or the other being permanent without actually having read that very first line and seeing that some of this is meant just to get people started, right? This is just to get people out there who have an event to run this weekend or next weekend. This gives you what you need to get uh, up and out the door and have a fun event. So first of all, a big thanks to Captain Morgan, again, from the Forge Narrative podcast. Great podcast with a really great group of guys there. Check it out if you want to listen to some more 40K goodness. He helped me to format this document. So the ITC format right out the gates, you'll notice, first of all, this document is a fraction of the size that it used to be. So the ITC format this year is literally matched play out of the main rulebook. Uh, it gives you the uh, area of the book to look at. The ITC standard is gonna be 2000 points. And we recommend that you set your round times to two and a half hours. Although in the beginning, if you've got people who are just learning how to play this edition of the game, you might wanna go up to two hours and 45 minutes, maybe even three rounds. But the ITC standard, uh, assuming competence and uh, familiarity with the rule set will be 2.5 hour rounds, which is gonna shorten each round by 45 minutes over what we were doing with seventh edition. We were doing three hour and 15 minute rounds with 15 minute breaks. We can now go to two and a half hour rounds with 15 or 30 minute breaks. The day will be so much, so much quicker. Uh, just vastly more enjoyable, uh, in my opinion. It won't be such a, a burdensome length of time. So for army composition guidelines, you can make your army using any current published eighth edition Warhammer 40K source material. Currently, that is the indexes, whether they are Games Workshop or Forge World. Um, most of the Forge World indexes are out now. People are noticing that there are a lot of um, typos, grammatical errors in them. I'm getting a ton of emails about that. So uh, in the ITC, we are, as we have always done, allowing Forge World. If in your event, you make the choice uh, maybe to not allow it at first or what have you, that's fine. As always, the first rule and the most important rule in the ITC is that each tournament organizer is free to alter it or use parts of it at their discretion. Uh, but we are uh, going to be using Forge World units as we have in the past. Uh, Army composition guidelines more specifically. Again, I love it. It's so much simpler than it has been in the past. Battle Forge Army and uh, follow the guidelines in the main rulebook for Warhammer 40,000. Three detachments, 2,000 points. God, so much easier. We don't have to spend, you know, 1,500 words explaining how to write your army. It's basically comes down to just go look in the book, which is awesome. So now we're going to get into the part where we actually do modify things a little bit. So the ITC missions, the goal with them has always been to provide something that is familiar to the new player, uh, familiar to a player who has not gone to tournaments so that if they have been playing book missions and they go to an ITC standard event, the missions that they're gonna be playing are familiar to them. They're easy to pick up. We believe our design philosophy with missions has always been keep it simple, try to make it as fair and reasonable as possible, and that the mission should be secondary to the experience the players have of trying to use luck and skill to overcome their opponent. The mission should not dominate the game. Uh, you do not, in my opinion, want a situation wherein you write a, uh, we like to call them wacky and wild 
mission that dictates the outcome of the game more so than the decisions and the luck of the players involved. Um, the example I've always used is way back in the day, there was a, a GW um, RTT mission where you rolled a die every turn and half the time you moved at half speed or half the time you moved at double speed. Um, some people may enjoy that. That's completely cool. If you enjoy that kind of a mission, by all means, have fun with it. But in a tournament where the purpose is to have a fun and fair game, that really doesn't enable that. It doesn't help you to achieve that goal. So our missions, the goal with these missions for the ITC standard is to give you something that is as close to the book as possible while mitigating some of the inconsistencies or some of the perceived uh, unfair aspects of them. So let's go through these one at a time just to clarify. And then I will jump in to chat on Twitch as we go through these missions so I can field some questions. But basically we're gonna be using Eternal War missions. Uh, if you do wanna use Maelstrom missions in your tournament, by all means, go for it. We just recommend uh, for ITC format that you structure it on a uh, zero to 19 tournament point scale. Uh, and that's just so that we can format them accurately with all the other missions. But uh, we do tend to favor Eternal War. Maelstrom is a blast, really, really fun missions. Don't always work in a tournament setting specifically because you can pull cards that you can't actually score. Um, if you do want to use those type of missions in your tournament, by all means, go for it. They are a lot of fun. We do recommend that you modify it, that if you draw a card you can't use, that the player can discard it and redraw. Um, that's just a friendly suggestion. So ITC standard tournament retrieval mission. Uh, the first mission, we recommend that you alter it very slightly. When both players finish uh, deploying, the player that finishes deploying first gets plus one to go first. They don't automatically go first. Uh, this is obviously a big debate on the internet right now. I'll jump into chat. I'm sure I'm gonna get a, a bunch of questions and comments about it. But in playtesting, all of the playtesters found that the game was more balanced and more fun when you didn't have an automatic first turn mechanic. And we found that you had more diverse lists in that format and as you've already seen with our friends over at the Nova uh, GT, they are also using a similar format. And I would be willing to guess, although don't quote me on this, it's not my event, I would be willing to guess that Adepticon is also going to use a similar mechanic as will other major GTs. Because quite simply, in my opinion, in the opinions of the other TOs as well, if I may be so bold as to speak for them, it is more fun and it is more fair. Um, and that, I think that will probably be the biggest one that people have uh, taken issue with. The other thing to bear in mind too, guys, is that the missions now, the book now clearly defines who rolls to end the game first. And that's also the player who goes first. So if you finish deploying first, not only do you get to determine by raw who goes first or second, you also get the first opportunity to end the game. So uh, it's extraordinarily powerful in tournament play. Highly skilled players can write a list and use this to create situations where they're dictating uh, too many critical things in the course of the game, in our opinions. So uh, ITC standard, we will modify it to that. Um, now, the next point is we, coming out the gates, we're using fixed objectives. This is uh, based on feedback we have gotten from people being concerned about um, the mechanic in the missions, wherein the player that determines the deployment, the map, so to speak, one of the six objective maps, or uh, deployment maps, 
also chooses their deployment zone. So there has been a great deal of concern expressed that the player that places the last objective knowing that they're going to choose their, their map is going to overload two objectives into a part of the table where they're relatively certain they'll get to deploy. I get it. I do get the concern. That's why we have offered this up. I would really like feedback on this, specifically people coming to the Bay Area Open GT. Let me know. Uh, with set objectives, there's not as much gamesmanship involved. You don't have as much player skill involved. However, it completely eliminates imbalanced uh, deployment because it's perfectly equal. Um, I am fine with this. Some kind of crafty and more savvy players tend to favor objective placement because they can give themselves an advantage through skill. Uh, I totally get that too. But let us know. Um, this is the most malleable part of where we're at right now. But I wanted to give people a starting point in the ITC. Now, if you're a tournament organizer and this doesn't tickle your fancy, feel free just to play it straight out of the book. Because what we have found in playtesting is that the objective placement doesn't matter as much in 8th edition as it has in previous editions because the game is so fluid, right? Someone could have all four objectives on their side of the table. I don't really care because I know by turn five, I can probably get there. Um, but not everybody feels that way and not everybody has as much experience as we do. So uh, I'm going to pop over into chat on our Twitch channel and let me know what you guys think about that. Um, I'd be really curious to hear some thoughts. So... Geekmaster K says, doesn't seem to favor one over the other. Um, and he thinks that the different uh, armies can handle it just fine. Uh, CWW, just don't burn yourselves out. Probably in regards to how much we've been streaming lately. You know, guys, it's been a blast. Um, not, not a problem there. Um, where is the link posted on the ITC page, Brother Captain Morgan? It's in the show notes for the blog post, buddy. Um, it's not up on the ITC uh, link yet. It's just in the blog post for Signals from the Frontline, the current uh, uh, episode. So good, so good, so good. That's amazing. Uh, does Guillemin's aura ability that makes Ultramarines reroll hits and wounds affect Guillemin himself? So a general rules question. I've been answering hundreds of these lately. Yes, every model is considered to be in range of their own aura. That is in the, the Bane rulebook. If you go and check your rulebook, it says that specifically. Uh, as long as you have the correct keywords, your aura affects you. Uh, Lock Infinity. I think you should allow infinite detachments or call for a vote. Uh, why? I think that with the detachments that are available to you in the book, you don't even need infinite detachments. You can literally build any army you want with the three detachments. Like, I don't think, I can't, I literally can't imagine why you would need more than three detachments. Um, but I would be curious to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, unless you're trying to spam out command points, um, the flexibility and the detachments in the book are such that you can literally build any army that you want. Do you want all Lehman Russes? You can do that. You want all Carnifexes? You can do that. You want all HQs, you can do that. So I, I'm not seeing why you would want more detachments, personally. Katarkana asks, do the Eternal War missions favor high damage armies over high mobility armies? I think, it's a, I think that when you take them and you look at them all together, it favors both. 
because there are uh, three ob missions with with many objectives. There are three with few or no objectives. Uh, there's only one kill point mission. So actually, now that I just talked myself through it, I would say actually the ability to score objectives uh, in book missions is more important. But if you can destroy all of your opponent's mobile units, I suppose that's also pretty good counter. Geekmaster K, couldn't find this in the book, but is it possible to for units embarked in transports to fire out of them? Uh, only if the, the data sheet for the vehicle says you can, which normally is only open-top vehicles or vehicles with flying, firing platforms. Um, so no, there's no more fire points on like rhinos or anything like that. Uh, a lot of this stuff, a lot like the eighth edition is actually really simple. 90% of the questions that we're getting is people trying to impose their uh, memories of seventh edition on the eighth edition. You got to forget what you knew and kind of wipe the slate clean. Uh, Mr. Inquisitor, how do you expect larger tournaments to handle points and checking lists? Yep, that is going to be a challenge. It always has been in seventh edition at the end, like 20 year veterans are writing illegal lists. It, it, it's a challenge. It will be a challenge now because of the granularity of the way you write your list. Um, but you're just going to have to have peer review and we're waiting for a good app. That's going to be what saves the day. And I know that those are on the way. Um, Iago 40k, why do you say choosing the map? Uh, that's just the verbiage that I use. You roll for it, yes. Um, the player that, that in the mission process determines the map, they roll for it. Uh, I apologize if I confuse you. You don't choose, you do roll. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, Trent Wolf, what is your take on kill points versus power points, army points? I don't understand the question, uh, Trent Wolf. I don't know what power points are. I think you mean power level. Um, we'll need clarification. I don't know how to answer that question as I don't understand it. Uh, that Mofo Dino. Thanks for the Necron game the other night. Learned a lot and won my game last night using multiple mortals. Hey, you're very welcome. Necrons are challenging to play in a mechanized uh, meta. If you play in an infantry meta, they will just crush. Uh, but if you're playing against lots of vehicles, you got to be tricky. Um, to, to, to find a way around it. CW Dub. So are we seeing the end of progressive scoring in IT mission, ITC missions by going straight book? Only two games of 8th ed uh, edition under his belt, by the way. So because of the way that the ITC mission uh, portfolio works, there are a lot of different types of missions to choose from. The Nova missions are, I believe, already in the Best Coast Pairings app. They have a combination of progressive and um, end of game objectives. The ITC missions at this early stage of 8th edition, we made the executive decision to make them as simple as possible, as familiar as possible, so that people could focus on learning 8th edition, not on learning a complex rule set or a mission set. So we made the choice to keep them simpler than the ITC missions were in 7th edition, where people were uh, relatively expert in the rule set and they were looking for a mission that, that provided um, more, I would say, uh, paths to victory. So the, there are still progressive objectives, quote unquote, in the current ITC mission set, which is essentially just the book missions because you do have First Blood, you do have Slay the Warlord, you do have Line Breaker, you do have bonus points for killing heavy support in Big Guns Never Tire, uh, you have kill points in the in, uh, kill point mission. So there are still progressive points just not as um, 
there's not as much depth in that regard as we previously had. So I'm going to move on to the next mission, No Mercy. This is the biggest departure from the book and uh, how this is a departure, I'll explain. So again, you're going to have the first turn mechanic wherein the player that finishes deploying first gets plus one to go first. If they choose to go first, the other person can attempt to seize the initiative. If they choose to go second, they can they cannot then try to seize the initiative, which would be absurd. Um, so the, the change we made for No Mercy, um, relatively simple, but it requires some explanation. Kill points, straight kill points, especially in the current edition, in a competitive setting, creates really potentially lopsided matchups where in, you could have a player that has a knight army with four knights uh, going against uh, a perfect example is like Tau, where each unit of drones is a different unit for kill points, or an artillery heavy army, or each artillery unit and its crew are a different kill point. So one army could have potentially, you know, 20, 30 kill points to give up. The knight army has four. That game is almost predetermined, right? Like it would be, you'd have, it would take exceptional luck and or skill for the other player to possibly win that matchup. So we decided to take a, a little twist on it and to make it a little bit more fair while still keeping it uh, simple and straightforward so that you don't have to go in and add up all your points, which especially in 8th edition can be challenging at the end of a game when you're mentally uh, fatigued. So instead of getting one kill point when you destroy a unit, what we decided to do is relatively simple. You get a number of uh, kill points equal to the power level of the unit. Therefore, the army is going to be much closer. It's still not going to be perfectly even, but they're going to be much, much, much closer in regards to how many kill points they can give up in the course of the game. Uh, so, for example, if you had a unit of uh, eight Space Marines, I, and I don't remember what their power level is off the top of my head, so don't quote me. I'm just going to make up some numbers. Uh, if they're power level five for uh, uh, up to five, and then that's an additional power level five for up to ten, but you only took eight, you would qualify for ten power level which would be 10 kill points if your opponent destroys that unit. Um, if the power level on a knight, I think it was like 27 or something like that. If a knight's destroyed, he gives up 27 kill points in our version of it. And then again, the purpose here is not to be complex for complexity's sake. The purpose is to make it more even so that a player that has a low kill point or a low model count army doesn't get yet another advantage. They're already getting plus one to go first. They're getting the first chance in the game. Uh, they almost automatically win the kill point mission. So we're trying to mitigate some of that to make more even uh, missions. And then uh, because the, the, the scoring structure is so much different on this one, kill points, Slay the Warlord and Lionbreaker are worth, worth 10 kill points each. Because what we found is that you're roughly speaking going to give up 100 power level kill points um, under this structure, plus or minus, you know, 10, 15. Um, it makes it infinitely more even. Uh, than, than just having straight kill points. So that's been really well received. I'm confident that people are going to really enjoy that. Um, and then to explain how the, the scoring works on that, if you have a differential of less than 10, it's a tie. If it's more than 10 but not double, it's a minor win or loss. If it is uh, one player has double or more kill points, they get a major victory. The other player gets a major loss. And that is how that works. And I'll jump over back to chat, see if we have any questions specifically on that topic. Uh, Lock Infinity is asking about pre-orders. They all shipped, buddy. Please uh, email orders at frontlinegaming.org or call the store at 888-781-5120 if you have a question about an order. And we are happy 
to answer that for you. But um, yeah, all all the eighth edition or, uh, pre-orders shipped um, quite a while ago. But so uh, if there is some sort of a, an issue, maybe it didn't get uh, sent to the right address or something like that, or it's stuck at the post office somewhere, call us and we'll help you get that taken care of right away. Uh, CW Dub says that's actually a really cool change uh, in regards to kill points. Thank you. Uh, it's easy, right? And I think it makes things a lot more balanced. Um, Dark Raptor 42 says, I think that's a really good move on the kill point issue. Universally, I think people will like that. Thanks. Um, positive feedback is always awesome. Uh, <laughs> Yago 40K, who thought two point brimstone uh, horrors was a good idea? Seeing 120 of them will be a common sight, I reckon. Um, you must be Australian, I reckon. But um, I agree with you. The brimstone horrors are way way too cheap and uh, GW has expressed that they are very interested in uh, keeping an eye on the balance of the game very interested in answering ambiguous rules questions I would assume that issues like that will be addressed by Games Workshop um, in the hopefully near future but I'm with you on that one Razorwing Flock Geekmaster K Razorwing Flock same thing um, but um, those ones are a little bit easier to deal with than the Brimstone Horrors uh, in my opinion um so we're getting, I'm going to avoid the rule, the general rules questions, guys, because we're trying to focus on the missions here. Otherwise, it will take me the rest of the day to get through this. <laughs> uh, Geekmaster K, how many of the same detachment are you allowed to have in ITC? Well, you guys open your uh, rulebook and you can check how many does it tell you that you can take. And the answer is there is no limit on the number of similar detachments. Limiting taking the same detachment really stops nothing. Um, the flexibility of the detachments that you have, even if you just took one of, you, you, if you didn't duplicate any detachments, it really does not stop you from doing anything that you want to do. Um, uh, if you wanted to spam HQs, you could take Supreme Command Detachment, you could take a battalion, you could take another one, and then you, you have as many HQs as you could possibly want. So limiting uh, duplicate detachments really doesn't stop anything if your concern is spamming out a certain um, force organization slot. The only one that there has been discussions about possibly limiting, and we're not doing it yet, but something to put in your guys's, um, uh, put it in the hopper for consideration, is uh, taking more than three or more Lords of War um, with the Titanic keyword can cause uh, balance issues. So give that one some thought but out the gates no we're not we're not doing um we're not doing anything uh, iago says he's german but he learned english in australia well that makes sense okay guys let's uh, jump on to the next uh mission so the next one is the scouring again the plus one to go first same um i did throw up a uh map with mariana's help thank you for that showing the preset objectives again the the choice for where these objectives go is to prevent anyone from getting an unfair amount in their deployment zone, which was the concern. Now, again, this is the most malleable aspect of the current iteration of the ITC mission set. Um, this is just to avoid, to allay the fears that people may have about uh, loading objectives into one side of the table or not. Let me know what you think about these guys, again, particularly if you're going to the BAO. Uh, otherwise, this mission plays exactly the same. And as per all the other missions, except securing control, uh, it's a tie if you have the same score, minor win-loss if you have nine or less uh, point differential, major win-loss if you have 10 
or more point differential. Uh, big guns never tire. Same thing. Um, again, the only difference here is that you're earning points for destroying heavy support. They also get objective secured. It's not called that, but that's what it does uh, so that your heavy support units can uh, take an objective even if they don't outnumber uh, your opponent. Uh, securing control, uh, playing it out of the book with the modification to, to go first. And the game is a tie if they have the same score. A little different here because the total amount of points you can score in this mission is not as high as the other ones. So you have a minor win or loss if the differential between the two players' scores is four or less. And you have a major win or loss if the differential between the player's score is five or more, meaning if player A has six uh, points, player B has one point, uh, player A won a major victory, player B won a minor uh, or a, a major loss. And uh, that actually format is taken from Games Workshop. That's how they ran their event at Warhammer Fest. Lastly, the Relic, again, the only modification to this mission is the uh, change to the first turn mechanic. And the Relic, I think, is going to be the mission that um, we get the most feedback on. Uh, the, the Relic in 8th edition, for those of you who don't know, it's just the Relic. Like, there's one objective, there's no bonus points, it's all or nothing, and um, we're, we're going to play it out, the, out of the book at first. But I have a feeling that if any, if the community asks for any modifications, it will be on um, any further modifications. It'll be on this mission. Uh, I'll jump into chat again here, guys, and we'll see if you have any questions about those. Uh, uh, Blue Canary is expressing an opinion on the relic. And everyone else is speaking German to each other. Awesome. So I'm assuming that the, the missions are relatively straightforward. Lock Infinity. Uh, just want to let you guys know the community appreciates your efforts. Oh, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, hey, this is what we do. Happy to do it. Happy to facilitate people's ability to, to just jump in to 8th edition and just have fun and run events and run leagues and not worry about too much of this other baloney. Let us worry about that, and then you guys can take the system, tweak it how you like, and have fun. Uh, that's what we're here for. Uh, Blue Canary said he was able to set up Nurglings on the Relic and won the game. Yep, that is... That is, that's, that's the relic. <laughs> um, I, the relic is fun, but it just, it really hurts some armies. Uh, but uh, yeah, give us feedback, guys. Get out there, play these missions. We still have time to make adjustments, even for the BAO. So if you guys really like, you got to get like 10, 12 reps and you're like, hey, we've noticed XYZ, we're happy to adjust. Heels and Man, what's my favorite mission? My favorite mission has always been... Um, uh, it's called, it's basically the first mission where you have four objectives. I, that, that has always been my favorite. I like, there's four objectives, they're around the table, they encourage you to move, um, you're trying to engage your opponent, deny him his objectives while uh, simultaneously accomplishing yours. It's the quote-unquote classic mission. That's always been my, that's always been my favorite. I've, I've played it a thousand times and it's never gotten old. Uh, Dark Relic, the, ra the Relic is a very good mission. Now it's better, better than it was. I do agree with you there. Uh, I do agree with you. There, Rabble Rouser, tonight's game, thank you for bringing it up. Tonight's game is a uh, live game of uh, 40K. We've been playing every night this week, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's been really, really fun. We've really helped people uh, to, to, to learn the game. Uh, tonight, we're doing a competitive game. Uh, it's our teammate James is bringing a Chaos Army with eight, I think it's seven or eight HQs, like all Demon Princes. It's like D-Thurster's, 
six demon princes and fate weaver or something crazy and i'm playing a competitive tyranid list so we're playing for reals we're playing to win should be a lot of fun and then last night for those of you who didn't catch it we had a learning game featuring dom and larry uh, larry's first game of eighth edition dom's first game of 40k period uh, and they played the starter set it was actually really cool fun game and we really showcased the rules for anybody that might want to watch that as it um, will help them just learn how to play eighth edition um, iago the new game is just great tos over here in germany are mixing uh eternal war and maelstrom again yeah that's that's what we used to we used to blend the two missions uh and that's what the etc does too it's, it's really fun it was just an awesome way of playing the game therefore playing the relic combined with another mission is not so bad yeah and i, I would be willing to bet that's what the itc missions morph back into at some point in the future it's just we made the choice to make them simple right now because people are just trying to learn the game so it's like let's make the mission easy so that you don't have to think about that you can just think about uh what is how does this work again what does this thing do um but i'm really glad you guys uh that the the, the community in germany is is having fun and the, the maelstrom is really fun when it's mixed with eternal war i agree it's it's I like, I like scoring points every turn. It makes the game uh, more engaging, in my opinion. T6 Ted, what do you say to the critics changing anything before we really got to play straight eighth? Um, well, that, that's a difficult question for me to answer for a, a variety of reasons. So the guys on the playtest team, if we universally all say something and... Um, all have agreed that maybe there is some sort of a change that should be made. I would say that that's probably for a very good reason, done at great discussion and consideration. Um, from a person's perspective that uh, is just now approaching the game, I understand that feeling and that reaction, but please bear in mind that the people on our side of the uh, discussion have come to this conclusion at great length and experience um, I can't answer that question any more than that unfortunately um, if you want to run an event using even in the ITC using the uh, go first mechanic go for it if that's what your community wants to do have fun go for it I, I could care less right like none of us are trying to tell you guys how to play the game we are just saying all of the, the various TOs involved, all the, the, the people on, the, on that part of it, have come to the conclusion after great, a huge amount of testing that for tournament play, we believe it is more fun and more fair to go this way. Uh, and we have made the choice to do that. And we have changed barely anything. We are, we are stoked to be playing the game out of the book. We want to play out of the book as much as possible. We don't like changing things because it's a pain in the butt and people get upset. So if we are doing this, it's probably for a very good reason. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, CWW. Well, if you're taking requests for long-time subs, recent address emote to demand dress matches. God dang it. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, uh, Frankie and I did a, a challenge match. We were talking a lot of smack to each other. The, win, the, the loser of the game had to wear a dress. I went for a balls to the wall, all or nothing, turn one charge, and I failed the charge, and I lost the game, and I had to wear a dress to the next GT that we went to. And I did, I was a man of my word. I wore a pretty pink dress. 
And unfortunately, the pictures are all over the internet. I will not live that one down. Uh, back to the ITC guidelines for this edition. So the mission scoring structure, it's the exact same. We didn't, oh, I'm sorry, no, we did change it. We, we went uh, major, minor, draw, minor loss, major loss. We didn't make that change uh, before it was just a straight scoring. Uh, some of the missions in the ITC are just straight scoring and it's on a scale of one to 19. But because of the way that the GW Eternal War missions work, they don't like because you can score a different amount of points in each mission. We had to kind of like standardize it a little bit. So now it's a major. Uh, we have set points for each tier. Uh, some people don't understand why we do a major victory at 1,019 and a loss at one or a tie at 510. Uh, that's not uh, readily apparent to some people. But uh, when you're doing Swiss pairings in a tournament, which is what we do for ITC standard. You do not want a scenario in which somebody could get enough bonus points that if you just added up points and didn't track win, loss, draw, that you could have somebody that actually lost or tied a game jump above somebody who won all their games but by only a small margin with low points. So in order to avoid that, um, we track win, loss, draw in the first part of the score. So the 1,000 is for a win. So everybody that won their games will be within the 1,000 point bracket, and then they will be stratified and paired up based on um, how many uh, uh, points they got during the match. Uh, same for minor, the draw, uh, minor loss, major loss. So everyone with the same record will be in the same pairing bracket. That's why we do that. Uh, and it makes it really easy to see your results too. Um, and then we track, that's, how, that's why we track it that way in the ITC. For those people who don't understand uh, tournament theory uh, as much as we do, obviously we had to study that stuff. Um, and if you're mixing in other missions, one of the cool things if you're using the Best Coast Pairings app uh, for ITC events is you can pick and choose missions. You could use like uh, round one is a Nova mission, round two is an ITC mission. The Renegade missions are being updated. They're not in there uh, right at this point in time, but they will be. And then if you want to run an event with lots of variety in the missions, you can pick and choose. And the way the math works, they all add up together just fine. Um, so that's a quick explanation there. Uh, faction scoring, got a lot, a lot, a lot of questions about this. Uh, so uh, I wanted to spend a little bit of time explaining how this is going to work. So your points from earlier in the season, they're not going anywhere. You're keeping your points. Um, I put together a uh, chart, which is linked in the document that everyone is probably looking at as you're listening to this. And I show you guys how the GW faction keyword correlates to the ITC faction keyword. And again, guys, the link is in the faction scoring section of the 8th edition guidelines doc. Um, which is in the show notes over at frontlinegaming.org. By the time you're listening to this, it may actually be up on the ITC tab. Now you can just click through it. But the uh, faction uh, chart that I made, uh, just to give you guys kind of a walkthrough of how to read it, column A is the super faction. It shows you uh, kind of just as an easy way to, 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 to guide through what you're looking for. That's like the overall super faction. Your whole army has to be one of those, right? To be a battle-forged army, every uh, uh, unit in your army has to share at least one faction keyword in common. That is the broadest stroke faction keyword. Imperium, Chaos, Eldari, Necrons, Tau, Tyranids, Genesis, of course, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's like the big faction. Um, and Gene Sealer Colts uh, could be included in Tyranids. So the next column, column B, 
is the Games Workshop faction keyword. Now you guys are gonna notice there's a lot of faction keywords in there that we didn't track in the past, like Ultramines, Imperial Fists, uh, White Scars, Legion of the Damned. And that was because we kind of threw it under the umbrella of Adeptus Astartes. But now, as you guys have seen in the brackets keywords, GW has shown you guys that that is how they, they track factions. So obviously we can't track every single subcategory and give out prizes for that. The, 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 it would just be too burdensome. Now we want to be able to track that data because it's cool. Like when you're competing for this Adeptus Astartes uh, uh, ITC Best of Faction Award, whether regionally or globally or at an event, uh, we're gonna lump all the Space Marine guys that use Codex Astartes together. However, um, we will also track which faction keyword was your dominant uh, faction keyword. So then you will, when you check in, you will be able to go, I'm playing Space Marines and I'm playing Black Templars. That's, that's my, uh, my primary faction. So for the ITC, for awards, for all that stuff, you'll be competing with all the other Codex um, Space Marines. However, for um, the data tracking on the BCP app, uh, for, for looking at, if you want to find a list of a player that plays Legion of the Damned, you can go find it that way. You'll have more data to track, which is more enjoyable, but it's not so burdensome for people who are uh, trying to provide prize support and such. So I break, uh, we break it down there all the way down. You can see all the various uh, faction like keywords that uh, how they are presented to you by Games Workshop. And again, in the main rulebook, they, they show you all this stuff. I also threw in uh, factions from Forge World, and then we're telling you, column C is telling you how we're gonna track it in the ITC. So that required a little bit of explanation, uh, but I, I've been, this is probably the, the most common question we're getting asked about the ITC. Uh, a couple of last points on that and then we'll move on. Uh, you guys will notice that there is a general chaos uh, faction that we'll track for the ITC. There's a general Imperium faction, a general Eldari uh, faction. Uh, the reason that we're doing that is if you take uh, an army wherein uh, the most specific keyword shared by your army is simply Imperium, like you're just taking a mixed match of everything, you are competing in the general Imperium um, uh, uh, faction for the ITC. So be aware of that when you're writing your list. Um, and the way we determine your ITC faction, the other question I'm getting asked all the time, uh, and this is gonna take a little bit of getting used to, so I'm gonna try to explain it carefully. Uh, the way we determine your ITC faction is you take the detachment that has the most points in it, you take the most specific faction keyword shared by every single model in that detachment, and that is your ITC faction. So when you're looking at the faction keywords on your data sheet, the one to the left, generally speaking, there might be typos out there, but as a general rule of thumb, the one on the left is the most general. For example, it would be Imperium for Imperium. The one on the right is the most specific, Catachan. Uh, so it's not just Ash Militarum, it's Catachan. The one that you share throughout a detachment in your largest point, uh, the, the, the most common keyword, the most specific keyword shared by every model in the largest detachment in your army is your ITC faction. So uh, I go on to give an example. If you have four, if you have three detachments in your army, one's a thousand points, one's 600, one's 400, thousand point is the biggest most specific faction keyword in there, let's say it's Ultramarines, that is your ITC faction for your army. So as the game develops, um, this will become a little bit more complex, but to get started, 
this is all the information that you need. So hopefully that's clear and I'm sure I'll get questions about that uh, as it takes a little getting used to and I'm happy to answer them. Um, moving on to the FAQ. Uh, right now we have one item in the FAQ. Uh, GW has taken the responsibility of, uh, of, of the FAQs. At the end of seventh edition, you saw how good of a job they were doing. They've already put out their designer's commentary. Um, and that's to get you going with the main rules. So for now, that is going to be the FAQ. And um, as when and if GW releases more comprehensive FAQs, which I would be willing to bet that they will, uh, we will use those FAQs. Um, anything that we FAQ for the ITC will be specifically for ITC format. And the only one we've got out the gates is uh, stratagem rerolls, command, uh, command point rerolls. Uh, the ITC recommends for standard events that you do not allow the command point reroll to be used to determine the deployment map, first turn, seize the initiative, or to end the game. And the end the game one is a big deal too because the book tells you the player that goes first gets to roll to end the game first. So if you got first turn, you get to alpha strike or beta strike as you or get the last shot at the objectives. And with the command point reroll, to end the game on turn five, you have a 90% chance of ending the game. It's a little too powerful in the hands of a skilled player, in our opinions. Again, though, if you don't want to play it that way for your local event, by all, mean, by all means, do what makes you happy. Woo! Last part, a lot of information, guys, and I know um, uh, there's going to be questions about this, but uh, I'll happy, be happy to jump into chat. But we needed to get all this stuff updated so people could run their events and have fun. Uh, this is going to be a big one, modeling and painting. So the ITC has always done a three-color minimum standard. We included you must base your models in there. Just take the two seconds to put sand or flock on it if you haven't. Uh, clear bases, the kind you see on like jet bikes or skimmer tanks, those are you can leave those clear if you want. But this is a big one, and uh, we're going to be really strict on this. Um, if your army has multiple detachments that are very similar to one another, but differ only in their faction keyword that comes in the brackets, those detachments must be easily identified uh, by your opponent. Now I'm going to give you a, an example. Your army of Space Marines is painted beige, like mine is, right? You have a whole army of beige Space Marines. You really like using uh, Robuti Guillemin. So you have one detachment that's got Guillemin, therefore they have to have the Ultramarines uh, key, faction keyword in brackets, and his aura only works on other Ultramarines. So everyone in that detachment, you make them Ultramarines. Now you also really like uh, Kosoro Khan, and you want another detachment of Space Marines that are all white scars so that they can get the benefit of Khan. And they're all also painted beige in the same scheme as your other detachment, that is Ultramarines. And then you've got a third detachment of Space Marines that are uh, Crimson Fist because you want to use Pedro Cantor's aura, but they're also painted beige. Now, you might understand who's who. Your opponent has no idea. And that is going to be a big, big issue. So you don't have to paint your Marines the color. If they're going to be Ultramarines, they don't have to be blue but they got to be a different color, a different scheme, or easily identified in some way to your opponent than the other Marines in your army that are a different chapter or whatever. Same would go for Astra Militarum. If you got Catachans, oh, and you really want to use Pask because he's a badass tank commander, well, he can't be painted the same scheme as your Catachan tanks because your opponent will not be able to tell 
the difference. So uh, gonna be strict on this, guys. This means, yes, you might have to paint your models differently or do something, right? If you, if you want to do it easy, paint the, the bases a different color. Like, okay, yeah, my guys all are blue, but uh, the guys that have red on their bases, those are this detachment. The guys that have white on their bases, those are this detachment. It'd be better if you painted the models differently to make it easy on your opponent, but uh, we are gonna be strict about that. Uh, you cannot have an army of all beige dudes and then every detachment's got different rules because your opponent will not be able to tell the difference. And that is not fun or fair for them. So that's where we are at right now, guys, for the ITC. Again, please let me know what you think about set objectives for the beginning to get us out, uh, out the gates. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Uh, do you think the way I set up the objectives on the maps is dumb? Let me know. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to get that feedback, but that's what we're looking at for the, B, the BAO. Um, and uh, for FAQ questions, I know you got a million. Uh, all I can say is just, just be patient. And I would be willing to bet Games Workshop is gonna be awesome and rise to the occasion and, um, and get answers to those questions because they do pay attention to the questions you ask them on, on Facebook and all that stuff. So um, just, just be a little patient in that regard and I'm sure that your patience will be rewarded because GW has been on point, kicking ass, uh, giving you the best possible product they can with 8th edition. All right, Katakana, uh, I've lost both of my first two 8th edition games and still had fun. Hey, that's great. Uh, CW Dub at Frontline Gaming, no question. Just wanted us to say his name. I like it. Uh, Katukana says at Mariana, you're gonna wear the pantsuit for the dress battle. That would have to be. That would be fair, I think. How do you think? Uh, all right. And just getting some of these questions. Okay, Winterman. Yeah, mostly keep it. Uh, yeah, Winterman, uh, or I'm sorry, Jalon uh, Tree. You make a really good point, right? Like um, you could tell, like they've he, he's extrapolating out that uh, a lot of the factions they have bracket keywords, but there's nothing to put in that bracket yet. So you don't have to be a genius to try and see where this is going. Um, we will update the uh, factions as GW releases new material. If they include any more uh, faction keywords that go in the brackets, we will include those into the ITC. And then of course, you'd have to be prepared to differentiate your army if you'd use different of those super specific bracket faction keywords. Hey, Kovacs33, just subscribe to Twitch Prime. Thank you so much. For those of you who uh, do choose to subscribe to the, the stream, it's either $4.99 a month or you could do it with Amazon Prime for free. We really appreciate it. Helps to pay for everything. Um, Wool Bum Buffett. I had some Poxwalkers last night, kill a few Thunder Wolves. It's pretty good. Uh, Rabble Rouser, thoughts on the Jakari Tantalus now that you can talk about it? Yes. I'm sorry I couldn't answer your question a couple days ago. Uh, the Tantalus is balling out of control. It is so good. So good. All right, guys, if you have any other questions for me, fire them away. Um, otherwise, we will wrap this bad boy up. Uh, Sir Dr. Williams, love the mission updates. Uh, so I can't go to the BO anymore, but looking forward to future ITC tournaments. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate the, the positive feedback, and we look forward to seeing you at some ITC tournaments. Uh, CW Dub, can I assume there will never be another Wizard Staff game? Uh, that was a bad idea, and that the Wizard Staff may be fun to play 
uh, in the garage with the drinking buddies. Not that good on the stream. Uh, can uh, Lock Infinity, can units throw one grenade during Overwatch? Um, yeah, you can throw a grenade in Overwatch. It, it, Overwatch pretty much follows the normal rules for shooting, except for you hit on usually unmodified roll of a six. Apocalypse, I want to get into the competitive scene. I'm new to tournaments, so can you tell me about Rumble and Best Coast Pairings? Rumble is a player finder for various different games. They have a, a part of it that's specifically for finding people to play ITC games with, which is super fun. The Best Coast Pairings app is um, another app made by friends of ours in the community. The, the BCP app is really, really robust. It does a lot. Um, it, it's a, a database of lists. So you can go like see who won what at what event, if it's the faction you like or you're thinking about playing. Uh, it runs tournaments for you. That's invaluable. It makes running in a tournament just so freaking easy. Um, um, it does, it uh, handles the rankings for us, generates your points. So when you go to an event, an ITC event, uh, and you, uh, you get fourth place with your Tyranids, uh, it'll log your points for your overall score, for your regional score, and for your Tyranid score. So then you can compete on multiple levels in a friendly way with other people. It's awesome. Um, can't recommend those two apps enough. They're, they're, they're great. And they're run by people who are passionate members of the community just like us. Uh, are you guys going to wait to add Forge World uh, Tree? Um, if that's a faction keyword, I may have missed it. If I did, can you please email me at contact at frontlinegaming.org? Let me know where that is. I think I know what you're talking about, though, but shoot that to me and I'll, I will include that in there. I may, I may have missed one. Um, Witcherman33, will BAO, BAO use the suggested format? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, of course. We're going to use the ITC standard format at the BAO. The only thing that's kind of like up for, I mean, any of it is up for debate, of course. But the one point that we're really looking for feedback on is um, should we use set objectives or not? Give us your opinion. If so, uh, does the layout I put out look good? Uh, when I measured it out with all the various deployment maps, it worked fine. Um, but let us know. When is our next battle report? Axe D6 frag tonight, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Chaos versus Tyranids. And the subscribers to our Twitch channel get to vote for who we play in the next game. It was very close. Tyranids beat Orcs by one vote. So our subs chose for me to play Tyranids against James's Chaos. It's going to be a very good, um, it's going to be a very good game. Katakena. Uh, have you looked at margin of victory type scoring for tournaments? We are using margin of victory uh, in the ITC now, so that'll be a lot of fun. And last question. Also, what do you think of the new rules for your main man, Lias Isodon? Great question to end on. Holy smokes. My favorite Space Marine character in the game, Lias Isodon, just took center stage. He is badass. The only thing that makes me sad is that I was like one of the only people using Lias. And now I'm going to be one of a lot of people using Lias. He is the chapter master for the Raptors. He's a Forge World character, for those of you who don't know. Uh, his, he does a lot of cool stuff, but kind of his big one is he allows three units to essentially deep strike, including Centurions, which I don't know if I need to explain why that's good. So anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hopefully that answers your questions about where the ITC, ITC is at, where it's going. Um, but again, leave comments in the uh, comment section of the blog post associated with this um, show and I'll jump in there and I'll answer the questions and thank you guys for joining us so much thanks for those of you who chose to subscribe we really appreciate it and I will see you tonight at 5 p.m for some more 8th edition 40k tonight a competitive game
Thank you so much.